The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The ruler sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Trump is not my president. Anybody heard that in the last week or so? It's an interesting response, a rejection of the President of the United States, but it doesn't change the fact that come January he will in fact be the President of the United States, but it does change the disposition of one's heart. It says he is not my president. So there's a sense in which there's a, an unwillingness to hear his words, an unwillingness to, uh, to presume on, on good, an unwillingness basically to have an open heart to, to see what happens, essentially. It's a true statement in a sense, but even more true is the fact that Jesus Christ is king of the universe. And four years from now, or maybe eight years from now, one can truly say Donald Trump is not the president. He's not my president. And say it in truth, because in fact he will have been replaced by someone else. But there never, never will be a day, there will never be a time, there will never be a place where one can say Jesus Christ is not the king. Never. For all of history, Christ reigns. Yesterday I had the privilege of going to... Um, Zion Travelers Baptist Church over on the River Road to be able to assist with the double funeral of uh, Clayton Gidry and Christopher Armister. In preparation for that, obviously not being a, a Catholic ceremony, a Catholic, a Catholic worship service, um, I was trying to get our, our ducks in a row, myself and the other pastor, to try to see who was doing what and in what order and all this kind of thing. And so we were talking on the phone a couple of days prior and uh, after we had kind of sorted out some of the details regarding the service, we just started talking about being ministers of the gospel. And we just began to, to kind of talk with each other about, about some of those types of things. And one of the things that uh, Reverend Turk was the uh, pastor I was speaking with, he struck me as he said something that I think applies to us, especially this weekend. He said, you know, Father, our job isn't, nor are we even able to, drag people into heaven. He says, we can't tie a rope to them and drag them behind us kicking, screaming, just to get them through the pearly gates. He says, our job is basically we go, we proclaim the good news of Jesus, and if they accept it, good. 
And if not, it's not our fault. And it was that recognition of the personal reality that indeed, just as one in a sense needs to accept the president as their president to have an openness to him, even more so it's the same as Christ. To have an openness to Christ. An openness to hearing his voice. To seeking his his choice for us. What is the will of God for me? To be willing to follow it. To have him speak on my behalf. Really to have him make decisions for me. Are we willing to let Christ to be that kind of king? Will we truly step back and let him rule not just a portion of our lives, not just the Sunday morning 9.30 to 10.30 slot, or the time of prayer throughout the day that we have those little spots here and there, but to rule every single moment, every single second, to let Jesus Christ be our King. The Scriptures in the Old Testament, there's a passage that says, I set before you today two choices, two paths, life and death. Choose life. Choose life. Choose Christ. Choose eternity. Choose heaven. Anything you want to say that's all the same. They're the same reality. To place ourselves in the care of Christ our God. That's the end point. As we come to this last Sunday of the liturgical year, we come with an opportunity to start fresh. Today is the last day of the year of mercy. But it doesn't have to be the end of the time of mercy. And in fact, God's mercy is endless. So every day, we have the privilege of celebrating the mercy of God. The next weekend, we'll celebrate the first Sunday of Advent, the new liturgical year. And it's an opportunity for us to start again. Just the same as we like to make our New Year's resolutions for January 1st. And usually fall off by January 2nd. (laughs) With God, we can do even greater things. With God, we can come and begin again in Advent to commit ourselves once more to allowing Christ to be truly our King, to let Him reign in our hearts, but also in our daily lives. An opportunity for us, again, to start fresh, to recommit. And so if you haven't been attending Sunday Mass regularly, been a little spotty here and there, commit again today, right now, to coming every Sunday. Or if you've been coming to, to daily Mass every now and then, but kind of kind of slacked off a little bit on it, commit again today to be here with the Lord. If you've permitted yourself a time of prayer, but sometimes other things kind of take, uh, take a little more importance and, and the prayer falls to the back seat, commit again today to letting Christ be first. If there are times in the course of our day where we don't really allow mercy to shine through in our hearts, commit again today to being a people of mercy. All of these things are invitations for us. Graces that the Lord holds out and says, come, come to me. He says it directly in the gospel, come to me all you who labor and burden and I will give you rest. My yoke is sweet, my burnet is light. Come to me. Join yourself to me. And to the extent that we join ourselves to Jesus Christ, things become easier, even if they become harder. 
Even if the weight of the cross becomes a little more heavy on our shoulders, it becomes lighter in a strange sense because we bear it in union with Christ. Who among us would choose a king whose throne looks like a cross? And yet that's what the Lord calls us to. To let him lead us in ways that sometimes seem foolish. In ways that seem worthy of mockery by those around us. To give everything to Christ. And to the extent that we do it, he does the work for us. I need not worry about taking care of things myself as Christ will do it on my behalf. My king will lead me. And that's good. At the end of the liturgical year, on Christ the King Sunday, there's a prayer of consecration to the heart of Jesus that the church has given us as an indulgence to prayer. It's a prayer, uh, again, of of consecration of ourselves and our world uh, to the most sacred heart of the Lord and to be able to pray that our hearts will become like His. Indeed, that's always the invitation, is to let our hearts, representing our whole person, be placed within His. His heart that burns for others, His heart that burns with love for us and longs to receive us into heaven. He can't drag us either, as much as he would like to, I'm sure. So it's for us to place our care, ourselves in his care, to place our heart in his heart, that we might love like he loves. And so we offer this prayer. And again, uh, the church grants a plenary indulgence to those who uh, offer, this, offer this prayer on this feast. Uh, the granting of the plenary indulgence is gained, of course, by... Um, receiving Holy Communion, which we can do here at Mass, praying the Creed, which we will do shortly, uh, offering the Our Father and the Hail Mary for the Pope's intentions to be able to make a good sacramental confession uh, within 20 days, either before or after. Uh, so if you've gone in the confession in the last three weeks or you plan to go in the next week or so, or two weeks, three weeks, um, that as well as uh, the desire of our heart to be freed from, from any attachments to sin. Uh, and we grant a, a plenary indulgence, which is a full remission of temporal punishment due to sin. So basically, it's not only wiping the, cl- the slate clean, it's also healing the wounds in our relationship with God that we have done by, on account of our sins. And so it's a wonderful grace to offer this prayer. And so we offer it, uh, I offer it with you and on your behalf, uh, and encourage you just to allow the words that are spoken to truly be uh, resonating within your hearts. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us humbly prostrate before you. We are yours, and yours we wish to be. But to be more surely united with you, behold, each one of us freely consecrates himself today to your most sacred heart. Many indeed have never known you. Many too, despising your precepts, have rejected you. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus, and draw them to your sacred heart. Be king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken you, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned you. Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions, or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the harbor of truth and the unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Grant, O Lord, to your church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. 
Give tranquility of order to all nations. Make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen.